Welcome back to week two of our series on God and money. It's always good to see people come back uh, when we start a series on money. And um, if it is your first time here tonight, we don't always talk about money. You've just come in a good week. And um, why a series on money? And just to recap, Jesus spoke about money. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, uh, spoke quite a bit about money. Uh, through the Old Testament, we see uh, God speaking into things like possessions and land and, and sharing his heart and commands around that. And because God's word uh, is full of conversations around money and possessions, it's important for us to uh, give credit and preach and speak about what God has to say about money and possessions. Now, the reason why... Uh, we are speaking about it is because uh, money is something that we engage with every single day. I remember in grade 11 getting a phone call from my grandfather and uh, it was quite a direct conversation going, Craig, have you decided what you're going to study yet? Because you know that you need to study something that is going to get you lots of money. You know that you need money and you know it was uh, a repeated conversation until I finally decided just to tell him uh, something that would make him happy until I figured something out. And I wonder how many of us have been pressured in a similar conversation and been encouraged along uh, some career paths under the, you, you know, the, the language of you need a career that's going to help you secure yourself in this life financially. And we do that. We go through our lives. We study at school and get degrees uh, to earn money and then we spend the rest of the time working for that money and interacting with that, with uh, the lifestyles that we live. And so we need to be speaking into something uh, that is, is such a part of everyday life for us. And we know we don't like it and that's also okay and we're going to just hear the wisdom of God's word. And uh, we know that our hearts uh, are really, uh, our money is going to challenge um, as for uh, what we trust and where we place our heart and, and God's uh, throne and, and his lordship in our life. Money's going to assault that all the time. And so we do need to be speaking into that. We got off last week by looking at two things, ownership, and we looked at how everything belongs to the Lord. Looking at scriptures like the earth is his, everything that is in it, even our bodies belong to him, even our ability to produce wealth belongs to the Lord. And as a result, stewardship is the next thing that we looked at last week, is that if, everything's, is the, if everything belongs to the Lord, then what I have is from the Lord, and my responsibility is to use what he has entrusted uh, to me wisely. And my responsibility is then to be a faithful steward, his ownership of everything, my stewardship of everything. And the series is really in light of that context because we're not going to be able to understand money well and our possessions well if we're not understanding God's role in our lives, His ownership of everything, our stewardship of what He has entrusted us with. And the one question that we asked ourselves last week was, uh, in light of everything, Lord, what do you want me to do with your money and your possessions? That was a, a big thing that we looked at. And uh, part of that was then stepping out in faith, going, okay, Lord, I'm going to start this journey. I'm going to walk by faith thinking very differently about everything that I have in my life. Not just money, not just my possessions, but my time, all of my resources, my gifting, everything that I have. I'm going to surrender that to you. I'm going to walk in faith, trusting you with that, handing that over to you. And so uh, that's where we're at 
really wanting to get everything in its uh, proper place. Uh, we want God in his proper place, that he is Lord of our lives. We want money in its proper place, not uh, to be Lord of our life. And us uh, to see those two things correctly. And that's the context for the series that we're doing. And then tonight, we're going to be looking into something that as soon as we start thinking like this, we find ourselves potentially uh, going to be making two errors when we think about money. And the first error that we can make is that we then, in light of all of this, go, okay, well then money is bad. And if you think of uh, something like the Stoics who uh, got to this place where they thought every desire was evil. And so live their lives just uh, trying to strip away everything that gave them pleasure of every form. And people can fall into the mistake and into the trap where we go, well, money is a bad thing. And churches sometimes come across like that and preaching against money. Uh, maybe you've heard uh, churches talking or Christian leaders talking along the lines like money is the root of all evil. We know that that's uh, incorrect because scripture uh, in, in 1 Timothy is going to come up onto the screen. And it's not that money is the root of all evil, but as 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people who are eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves from many transgressions. Some of these verses tonight are going to come up uh, again and again as we are just speaking into this. So it's not that money is the root of all evil, but the love of money is all evil. Staying in, in Timothy 1, Timothy 4, and that's also, these are all going to come up, and I just really encourage you, if you're not taking notes, take notes. Uh, great uh, scripture for you to uh, go through in the week. And money can't be bad because for everything God created is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. And if you think about money, of course it can be used for evil. Money uh, can be used to go and buy a gun and that gun can be used to uh, do some uh, real damage and hurt people. Uh, money can be used to buy drugs. People can go and use money to buy sex and all sorts of uh, evil. But money isn't uh, the evil thing. It's uh, the use of money by an evil person because uh, that same money that's being used for evil can be used to uh, fund missions. Think of people uh, using money to translate uh, Bibles into languages that people have uh, never had access to a Bible in their own language and uh, taking the gospel to people who have never heard before the building of schools and hospitals, uh, using money to alleviate poverty and, and serving the poorest of the poor. Same money, uh, one can be used for, or can be used for uh, real evil, and otherwise it can be used for incredible uh, good. So money in and of itself is not bad. So mistakes get made even in there, and we've spoken recently about what we call the prosperity gospel. Where people think that uh, if you're in right relationship with God, if uh, you are living out his commandments, then God is going to bless you financially. And there is something wrong with you as a believer if you are not experiencing the physical financial blessing of the Lord. And we reject that because that doesn't fit in line with anything in scripture. But then on the other hand, uh, people then will preach and fall into what we call the poverty gospel. And again, that's just rejecting money and holiness uh, is equal to poverty. And you can't be holy if you have money. Uh, you can only be holy if you are poor. 
and some of the mistakes that people can make when it comes to money. A couple of terms uh, that might, you might find this helpful is think of ascetism, where that's just getting rid of all sorts of desires, any kind of pleasure uh, that is uh, something that, or a worldview that people hold to. And another worldview that we're going to use, this term is going to come out a lot more uh, tonight, is materialism. And that's the desire for possessions above everything else. That's what we talk about with the love of money. Another way of saying the love of money is materialism or being materialistic. Money isn't bad. But the value that we place on possessions that define us above all other things is what Scripture is speaking against and what we are going to be speaking into. Another verse, 1 Timothy 6.17, another verse that we're going to come back to. Command those who are rich in this world uh, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, uh, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Just an incredible uh, passage, another great encouragement, again, with thinking about money properly, thinking about possessions. The Lord has given us things for our enjoyment. I don't know if you've often wondered, like, You've just seen a sunset and you've just been moved by it or a sunrise uh, biting into a piece of fruit that just naturally tastes so good and, and there's so many things in this world that we just enjoy that are just gifts from the Lord. And God in his love and in his grace has given us things to enjoy. Everything from the Lord is good. Everything from the Lord is for our enjoyments. Part of the blessings that the Lord gives us and thinking properly about the role of money and the role of possessions in our lives. They don't define us. We don't find meaning and value and identity in them. But the Lord has given us things uh, for our benefits. It's good and it is for our enjoyment. But the one mistake that we can make as believers is just write off money. It is bad. I think that's an error uh, to think like that. Then an equal opposite error on the other side is to think uh, that money is God. Randy Alcorn, who has provided some source material for this series, he wrote a book called Managing God's Money, uh, would be worth buying. has a quote from the book about Randy Alcorn. God created us to love people and to use things. But materialism loves things and uses people. So that quote again, uh, God created us to love people and to use things, but materialism loves things and uses people. Just a, a good way to try and understand materialism and the hold that possessions have in our lives is a word that we don't like to use. It's a word that we'll never associate with ourselves, and uh, it's the word greed. Luke 12 verse 15 speaks to that. Uh, Then he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Uh, Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. I love that. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. That's what we think um, about uh, life and and the meaning that we get from uh, how we uh, find uh, the the value in in what we have around us, the things that we've purchased, uh, the lifestyle that we've created. 
I don't think we'd ever call ourselves greedy. And that's not a, a nice word. And there was an old bumper sticker. Uh, some of you might have uh, seen it or come across it. And the bumper sticker read something along the lines like this. He who dies with the most toys wins. And there really is this worldview that places value, especially those who have not found their hope and their place in Christ. What else is there to live for in this life but money, but to define yourself by how much you've made? I was trying to think of a, um, a, a movie uh, earlier today. You, you, you guys might help me out with this movie, but it was all about time, and time became currency. And then if you got enough time, you could actually live forever. In time, yeah, and, and you had a watch and you can like take people's money and uh, how much money or how much time some of these guys had amassed that they could live forever was just a really interesting take on human culture and uh, consumption, how we just have this, um, this need in us just to acquire more and more and more and never being satisfied uh, that we have enough. That's what greed does. And the reality is poverty exists because greed exists. Uh, that people don't want to give away and share what they have in this world. And so we find ourselves with people that have and people that have not. And again, money isn't uh, evil. Money isn't bad. But uh, the love of money, the desire to hold on to, that our worth is found in it, that uh, we need to acquire more so that we can buy more at the expense of others and to see need and to hold on and, and, and just fill our lives with this. Going back to 1 Timothy 6 and uh, just the front part of this verse, this is where you know greed is a problem and, and where money is God in your life. Command those who are rich in this world, in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. And this is a huge problem of our culture. With money being so uh, necessary for our lives, Without even realizing it, so many people, so many of us, maybe even without even realizing it, our hope is in our finances. Our hope is in what we have amassed. Our hope is in our skills, in our business that we've created, uh, the position that we've acquired in our field. And we have placed our hope in those things. And again, for many of us, we'll say our hope is in the Lord. But because of the way we facilitate our lives, uh, the way we transact with money, we're actually blind to where our real hope is. Without even realizing it, as Jesus says in Luke 16, money uh, has become our master. Because no one can serve two masters. Either one will hate, or you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. And Jesus is very clear on this. This is why he spoke about money so much can't serve both masters. And it's this idea of, of boss. Who, who has mastery over your life? Who do you serve? Who do you answer to? And Jesus knows money is so powerful and has such an effect on our lives that if we're going to choose, we end up serving money and not God. And a question you can maybe ask yourself is do you serve money or does money serve you? can write that down and think about it in the week. Do you serve money 
Or does money serve you? What hold does money have on your life? What hold does materialism, possessions, the value and the identity that you place on those things? Money isn't bad. We've spoken about that, but money can end up being God in our lives. Uh, that we love money so much that we place our worth, our identity, uh, all that we are in it. And it's become our master that we can't, uh, we fall into that trap of working and finding all our worth in creating and spending money. And because of this, uh, Randy Alcorn in his book lists a number of pitfalls for us as believers that materialism is going to uh, bring to our lives. That if we're not careful uh, with understanding money properly, we're going to find ourselves up against it with some of these things. The first danger that materialism uh, brings to us is that materialism hinders or destroys our spiritual lives. Materialism hinders or destroys our spiritual lives. Revelation uh, 3.17. You say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Quite a, quite a hectic verse. Uh, Tim Keller, uh, a prolific writer, pastor in, in America, uh, wrote uh, a, a study, and in it, uh, came out for, for people who earn an income, one of the hardest things for them to come to terms with when it comes to faith is that they are sinful by nature. Really interesting that if people uh, have an income, they're most likely to reject the idea that they are sinful by nature, meaning that they don't need God because they've come, become self-reliant. And what happens is, and one of the dangers of materialism, what it can blind us to, is our very need for God. We spoke about hope. Because maybe you like me, come around uh, the 13th, 14th, uh, what's today, uh, 15th, you, you start to check your bank balance and then think about what's got to happen in the next two weeks. Maybe think about what events are on the go, uh, what petrol is in the tank, uh, what groceries are in the cupboard, and uh, you start to maybe do some mid-month correction uh, to your spending, uh, to your eating plan, to your social calendar, because you have to make it to the end of the month, right? And then we start to get a little bit more antsy, we start to check the calendar, but what are we hoping in? That SMS notification that our salary has been deposited into our bank account. And what do we do? We breathe a bit of a sigh of relief. Phew. You know, I can go to movies uh, this weekend. I can uh, take my girlfriend out on a date. I can uh, put some much needed petrol into my car. And we can say, well, I made it through another month. And we've become self-reliant on a system of, I'm going to be getting money at the end of the month that I can facilitate for the next 30 days. And if that starts to run out, I know something else is coming in a few days' time. It's my salary. And so we become self-reliant, and our hope becomes in our money. Our hope becomes in our salary for the next uh, season, the next uh, few weeks, the next month. And the danger of materialism, so we don't realize that we're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And wealth can blind our eyes to what we really are. 
song, you know, I'm the king of my castle. We build this world around ourselves and we operate as God without realizing how much we actually need Jesus Christ. That no amount of money could ever achieve what Jesus did for me in my place for my sin. Richest person in the world without Jesus goes to hell for all eternity. Money isn't bad, but when we place our hope in that, we blind ourselves to our real spiritual needs, which is to have our faith and trust placed firmly in Jesus. So materialism can hinder or destroy our spiritual lives. And materialism, not money, materialism, brings about unhappiness and anxiety. Just thinking about the poker player who uh, got lured into making some bad decisions, kind of overplayed his hand uh, because of the big pot in front of him. And so wealth has that appeal, that lure to us, that we kind of overextend ourselves or we maybe uh, make uh, bad decisions. And how many people in chasing wealth have lost so much money? I think of the anxiety that managing large amounts of money uh, can bring. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10, we've spoken about this already. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The love of money causing people many griefs. Uh, I think I must maybe take the mic away because this is going on to the internet. But think of uh, Steinhoff. Uh, Think of uh, the Guptas. Uh, In the love of money uh, chasing... uh, We have a podcast, so anyone can listen to this. If you haven't subscribed, you should. And then you can get it right to your phone if you miss a sermon or you know, want to share it uh, with people. Materialism, the love of money, people being eager for more of it, doesn't bring us peace. It just creates more worry, more anxiety in our lives. And think of the damage uh, that the love of money and acquiring wealth has done to so many families. A couple years ago, again, another study, the average American father spends less than five minutes a week with their children. We don't have the stats for South Africa. A study like that has never been done. Why? Because of the need for wealth, the need for this lifestyle. Uh, You know, we've not had much spoken about the South African dream, but uh, you know the phrase, chasing the American dream, chasing this lifestyle of needing to be comfortable and having all of these possessions that define us as people. And people have acquired that but have lost their families in the process. Uh, People have uh, chased that and spent years working and working and working and amassing wealth. But there's no relationships with loved ones. Many of us have had to see mothers and fathers bringing work home. Don't see them all day, don't see them all night. Still working on the weekends. Because of the worry, the anxiety that work brings. Uh, Materialism ends in futility. I'm going to read a couple of passages, uh, verses out of Ecclesiastes chapter 2. This is written by Solomon, uh, who is accredited as being one of the wisest people to have ever lived. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that 
also proved to be meaningless. I amassed silver and gold for myself, the treasures of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers in a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became uh, greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. Can we quickly go to the next slide? I I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor and I was rewarded for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and all that my toil achieved, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. I mean, for a person who lacked nothing, that there was absolutely nothing Solomon could not buy, He had the wealth to purchase whatever his heart desired. He was that wealthy. And for him and all his wisdom to go, well, that is meaningless. I'm sure some of us would love to try and find that out for ourselves with having that kind of wealth. But in all his wisdom, having experienced everything his heart desired, lacking nothing, that materialism ends in futility, The fact that you can amass uh, such a fortune, but when you die, everyone else spends your money. That is the reality. It was Job who said, naked I came into this world, and naked I depart. Joshua, he mentioned something that there's watches that you can buy for over 500,000 rand. You can have one of those on your arm when you die. And you don't take it with you. The reality of possessions, that they are meaningless. The last thing is materialism leads to pride and elitism. Thanks, Steve. There's a study done in the University of California by this guy called uh, Professor Paul uh, Puff on the effects that money and uh, possessions uh, have on people. And the way he did it was by doing a study on the game of Monopoly. And we know that Monopoly is the destroyer of lives and friendships and relationships and all things good. And so this was a great study and a great uh, way to uh, study the effects that money uh, has on people. So how the study worked was he picked a random individual and uh, he then, that person uh, got double the amount of starting money than everyone else. Every time they went past go, they got double uh, the salary and they could get a double roll of dice every time it was their turn. So the odds are stacked heavily in their favor. And then they studied the effects during the game. And what was happening is as the person was amassing more money, and I'm, I'm sure some of you have experienced this because we've all played games of Monopoly where one person has dominated. And we know the behavior, right? That smug kind of smile as you're coming down onto that row where you're loaded with uh, hotels and uh, you know that you're going to get a hiding with the rent. But they started to like take their pieces and like slam their pieces down and in this display of arrogance and dominance. And at the end of the game, all of these guys that took part in the study, the people that won were all talking about what they did to win the game, kind of admiring their own skill. And as a result of this, this is kind of some of the things that the study revealed and that what uh, this uh, Professor Paul Puff wrote, he says, as the person's wealth increases, 
their feelings of compassion and empathy decreases. How many times have you landed on that square and had to pay an exorbitant amount of rent? And the person went, no, I'm not letting you off the hook. Yeah, we've been there. As a person's wealth increases, their feelings of compassion and empathy decrease. Entitlement and deservingness increases, and so does the ideology of self-interest. It's amazing what wealth materialism uh, can do to us. And the dangers that exist for us if we are putting our hope in that. And that if our pursuit is wealth, if our pursuit is possessions, that we run a number of dangers as believers. What is the, the response? Where, where do we, we go in light of all of this? And I think for us, the, the real uh, place that we want to be in is free from the hold that money has on our lives. Again, not that it's treated as bad. We most certainly don't want to treat it as God. But what we do want to be is free from the hold that it has on our lives. Uh, to be free from the trap that so many of us fall into of pursuing wealth and acquiring wealth and, and what that means for us and especially our identity. I think that's why Jesus spoke so much about worry, why we don't need to worry about anything. We don't need to be worried about what we eat, what we wear, what we drink, uh, the car we drive, the suburb we live in, the brands of clothing that we wear. We don't have to worry about those things. We don't have to uh, get into the rat race of just pursuing money for our whole lives. There's so much more to life than a paycheck. So much more to finding our identity in that. And I think what Jesus wants to do is he wants to free us from that. So we've spoken so much about surrendering already. Before we ever get into the practicalities of money and speak into some practical things that Jesus does, we have to get to the heart of the matter. Where is our hope? Who do we trust? Do we really say, Jesus, I trust you? In fact, you are where my help comes from. Again, that doesn't matter what you earn. Because... Again, as we're speaking about greed, they're greedy rich people, they're greedy poor people. And the amount of money, you can have a significant bank account and fully trust Jesus with everything that you have. Same goes, whatever you know, scale your salary is on, but do we trust Jesus fully with every aspect of our lives? Can we say, I have no worry because I'm so secure in my identity and in my salvation and in who God is. That he is my provider, my sustainer. That he is sovereign in all things and no matter what happens, I trust him. It's so important that we're going to be having communion tonight and thinking about these things. Communion reminds us of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. His body broken for us. His blood poured out for us in the forgiveness of sin. Think about what our Savior went through. Jesus took all of our sin. And in return for our faith and our trust in Him, gives us His righteousness. 
we get to trust a proven savior who has been completely faithful to us. And the reason we get to reject materialism and we get to uh, reject our hope in that is because we get to trust someone who is so much greater, our savior Jesus. And in that we get set free from the hold that money has on us. So as we go into communion, I'm gonna pray for us. There's gonna be music. And when you're ready, go in and, and take communion and spend time before the Lord. Ask him those questions, search your heart. Ask him to reveal to you, have I placed my trust in other things, Jesus? Over the course of my life and my faith, have I, have I taken my eyes off of you? And have I put my eyes on my wealth? Have I put my eyes on my career path? My five-year plan, my 10-year plan? Jesus, have I lost my primary trust in you? And if not, Jesus, set me free from this hold of wealth and possessions that my trust again can be fully placed on you. And pray that prayer and enjoy remembering what Jesus has done for you and for me by being our victorious savior, the one in whom we place our faith and our trust. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love for us that was displayed uh, so magnificently in the cross. Where you took my sin, you took my shame. You died the death that I should have died. And instead of being found guilty for my sin, I was given your righteousness. Jesus, you gave that all up for me. And because of that, Jesus, no matter what happens in this world, I can uh, have hope and I can live with faith because I'm entrusting my life to you, the only one who is worthy of that. None of my possessions have ever laid themselves down for me. But Jesus, you did. You laid your life down for me. You gave yourself up for me. And Lord God, for everyone here tonight that is feeling like they have uh, placed money as their primary trust, Lord God, won't you set them free from that as they turn again to you and move to a place where they live their lives with their hope in you and you alone, Lord God. I pray that you would just speak to people now as they just come before you, searching you and allowing you to search their hearts, Lord God. Amen. So again, as the music's playing, when you're ready, please come and enjoy uh, some time before the Lord.